Hello and welcome back to the Box to Box podcast. My name is Ramzan, and I'm joined today by the whole um, the whole team today. So Subani, Mark, and Nicholas are all here as well. Um, they will greet you when it's their time to speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let me just uh, welcome you guys back. Yes, obviously we have not recorded in in some time, different reasons, uh, load shedding, both in Malawi and South Africa. Um, exams, uh, travel, to name a few. Um, but we are back now, and hopefully we're going to uh, do this a lot more regularly now. Um, and yeah, we'll also try to um, adapt this as much as we can uh, to continue to make the show better. Um, but yes, um, given that we're back, there's no point talking about too much of the past, and we're going to talk about what is happening right now. And this is the transfer window. So the most appropriate thing to do at this time is to talk about the transfer window. Um, and to start off, I'm going to discuss, uh, I mean, not really discuss, kind of just give people a fun intro into uh, what, what I think, what I think about the current transfer market. So if you haven't noticed, which you probably have, uh, all transfer prices are like super inflated now. Uh, in the past, we used to hear statements like a 50, you, you can only pay, okay, you should only pay about 50 million pounds for a striker that'll give you 20 goals a season. Now, virtually no one hits 20 goals a season. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Um, but even in that, 50 million probably doesn't get you much. I just saw a rumor today, I think on Bleacher Report, that said Man United has, paid, um, has uh, offered Lissandro Martinez 51 million. Right, no, not offered Lissandro, but offered Ajax 51 million for Lissandro Martinez. So, I mean, that's a, a defender. It's probably a good defender. But still, those are the prices that we're not used to. Or maybe we're just only getting used to them now. So I felt that the most appropriate way to start this transfer discussion that we're going to do today is just to consider some of the big signings that have happened over the last 10, 20 years. Um and see and see kind of like re-rank them in terms of whether they have been worth their money or not. So this is gonna be interactive. I'm gonna involve both Sopani and Mark in this. I uh, know Sopani, Mark and Nicholas in this. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm literally used to having just two of them at a time. I think one of these one of these weeks we have to give Nicholas a holiday. Because Nicholas, I think, is the only one who hasn't had a proper break. But yeah, so I'm gonna involve all all three of these guys in it and they're gonna tell me whether they felt that this transfer was worth it or not, or was worth the money or not, uh, depending on what they think worth the money is. So, yeah, um, without further ado, um, let's get right into it. Um, so the first one for you guys, obviously the biggest, biggest ever transfer ever in the history of football, basically, is Neymar to from Barcelona to PSG. Mark, do you think this was worth it or not? Just really quickly, just really quickly. I don't want you to give me like your whole history of how great you think Neymar is or how terrible you think he is. Do you, do you think it was worth it or not? No, it has been an absolute failure. That's that's all I'll say. Not worth you. it at all. I hate you, <laughs> N- Nicholas. Do you think this is worth it or not? Look, look. At the end of the day, you have to pay the amount that the player is actually worth. However, the most simple answer has to be no, because I think just spending $200 million on any player, I don't think you're ever going to see that again, quite literally. <laughs> you're never going to see it again. So, like, it hasn't worked out quite the way it should have. 
But then, just in general, you, you're not going to spend... You shouldn't be spending 200 million pounds on a player. And, you know, years down the line now, PSG is saying that, you know, they're not that type of club anymore. You're never going to see it again, and it should never happen again. Quite simple. Like, it just wasn't worth it. So, Vani, please, you're my only hope now. I, I very much beg to differ, guys. <laughs> you guys say too much money. You know what Neymar has? You cannot pay for, you cannot buy. There's no price tag on what Neymar, Neymar Jr. can do. And 222 million, although it was a high price tag, can't be justified by what Neymar can do and what he has done there. Yes, they haven't won the Champions League, but that's the only thing they haven't achieved. They've done everything else. So for me, I don't see much of a problem with Neymar's transfer. So Barney, but that's why they bought him to win the to win the Champions League. What what have they done now that they couldn't have done without him? That is my question. Everything, winning the league, winning the whatever, the French Cup, all those things could have been done without Neymar. So he was brought in to win the Champions League and he didn't. You can even argue that, but like I'm sure he even repaid that money over his over the course of his time there. So I don't see a you think so? but then you also have to look at the wages, the wages he's paid every year. Come on. Now we, I don't now, think now he's we, we can't start with that. We can't start with wages because you, you know that's how like uh, do, do you see I don't know if you guys have seen um, when when they were discussing Darwin Nunez a couple of weeks ago and they were saying oh not Darwin Nunez I think it was it was um Haaland a couple of weeks ago and they were saying ah oh, 70 million is a bargain for him and then there's some there's some people who are writing well when you consider his wages then he's really worth a hundred and something million and I'm like when did we start considering wages and transfer in transfer um, in the transfer market we just look at how much the club has had to pay for the pay, for the player look so I Ramzan, Ramzan, actually mark before you continue Ramzan, like yeah that 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 is very true the way you're saying i think we shouldn't be considering that but my only issue with neymar is and i'll say this very quickly is the fact that if you're going to look at somebody to spend 200 million pounds on then spend it on Lionel messi after he scores 94 goals in a year for me, that's well, you know, that's very much worth the money. But Neymar, as amazing as he was, it's still overpaying at the end of the day. I just, I just can't be, you know, I just can't be bothered to change my opinion about that. Yeah, well, I'm closer to Sopani, and I'm hoping that when Neymar delivers a masterclass of a season, and then we are going to discuss that later on, later on in this season, uh, why I think Neymar is like probably the front runner to win the Ballon d'Or next year. Um, so I, I, I'm, I agree with, I agree with Sobani. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you two. You two are haters. But yeah, anyway, let, we're going to move on to the next, to the next big transfers. Kylian Mbappe, 180 million. Yeah, I think, I think worth it. Mark? Uh, now, now Mbappe changes it a little bit. I think, I think Mbappe was worth it, but that's solely because I think he's the future of PSG and I think especially now that he's committed I think if he left Real Madrid it would have been a different story but now that he's committed his future to PSG I think definitely definitely worth it okay okay Mark let me just ask you quickly uh, and I'm not gonna ask Sopani and Nicholas this but let me just ask you quickly if Mbappe does not win the Champions League by 2025 was he still worth 180 I'm just I'm now just going by by how you were how, how quickly you fought how quickly you fought against Neymar right? yeah no because I think who scored more goals for PSG um, oh, between Mbappe and Neymar 
No, it matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters because it who's kind of been like you know the the bigger player. Okay, for me, my thing is Mbappe delivers. Right, whether it's goals or assists, he plays throughout the entire season. Neymar, he does. He hasn't won champs, and he doesn't deliver. He's often injured, or he's often having um, like fights or whatnot. Or you're hearing stories coming out from the dressing room that he's not happy with this manager. He's not running back, things like that. He's kind of. It seems like he's a problem more than a solution. That's why for me, I feel like he wasn't worth it. As, whereas compared to Mbappe, he's always you know ready to go. He's always scoring. He's always he's always fit. Things like that, I think, make the difference between or are the difference between uh, Mbappe and Neymar, for me at least. Okay, but you would agree with me that uh, for PSG, uh, forty million pounds is somewhat negligible, right? Which is the difference between Neymar and Mbappe. Neymar and Mbappe's transfer figures. So your whole thing about Neymar is unless they win the Champions League, Neymar was not worth it. All right, you know what? I guess yeah. To be to be fair. <laughs> If Bobby does not win the Champions League, then he's also not on the We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we'll see in two seasons. I'll keep this. I'll keep this. Sorry, sorry. And Ramzan, you, you keep saying that Mbappe, Mbappe, this Mbappe's contract has run out. He had to sign a new contract. So with the contract that he came with of hundred, when they signed him for hundred eighty million, has it's run out, and he hasn't won the Champions League. Yet you're saying it's worth it, and yet Neymar's contract, you're saying, come on, Neymar's contract ran out as well. Yeah, and he also never won the Champions League. So it's the same thing for both. Right, so yeah, they're both, they're both not worth it then. <laughs> Wait, I thought I thought Mbappe came to help Neymar on that first contract. Technically, technically, he was brought in to help Neymar. Maybe he did just enough of that. And since Neymar failed, then that means Neymar has to be the bigger failure if Mbappe did hold his end of the bargain to help Neymar. I think that should probably settle it. <laughs> Okay, let's no, move I don't on. Don't settle it. We still have a couple of names of hundred million. On. Yeah, so um, at number three, Philippe Coutinho from Liverpool to Barcelona at one forty-five. Um, Sopani. Yeah, no, this one I think we're all gonna agree that <laughs> what a waste. Um, very beneficial with Liverpool, but as Barcelona, they lost out, and they did not benefit and they did not win. They were the biggest losers from that transfer, to be fair. Okay, but let's make this let's make this a little bit more interesting. Instead of just saying that they are, because obviously, obviously, yeah, they lost, right? Because he didn't do he didn't do what he was supposed to do. But do you think that Barcelona was, you know, correct in their approach? Uh, I mean, Coutinho is Brazilian, was coming from, I think, two very good seasons from Liverpool. At the time, did it make sense to spend that much money on on Coutinho? Let me let me chime in here. I think yeah. it was the wrong decision. Absolutely the wrong decision. I think they were desperate for a marquee signing after losing Neymar, and they just went out spending cash willy-nilly on whoever on whoever was available. The thing about Coutinho, yeah, is he at Liverpool was predominantly a number ten, right? And Barcelona at the time were playing a four-three-three without a number ten with two holding midfielders. And so when Coutinho mm. came into the into the squad, there was no place for him to play. And I'm like, why did nobody think about where Coutinho is going to play? They're just like, oh, get him in. We'll find a place for him. But there was no position to accommodate him or his skill set. So I don't know what Barcelona were expecting. Yeah, and I think I think down this list is another player who had a similar sort of problem 
at Barcelona. So let's just let's just continue quickly. I'm just gonna do I think like two or three more, and then uh, we'll move it on to the next segment because we're gonna talk about transfers the whole day. So there's no point in really spending uh, an age here. But um, yeah, so the next transfer is Angel Felix. Um, from Benfica to Atletico Madrid. Now you all know that I love Jao Felix. I think Jao Felix is great. Um, I think eventually he does make this worth it, especially if they keep him and they actually use him properly for like a proper season. I, I still don't think he's had a season. He had the debut season where, okay, give or take some two or three games he shines. He had last season where I think he played slightly more games and under the mentorship of Suarez, I think that was actually kind of good for him. Um, but I, I still think he's yet to have a, a season where he really does show um, what he can do. And he's, he's not even in the Portugal squad, I think, unless he's injured. Uh, but I, I think he's, he's definitely like good enough. Um, Nicholas, what do you think? Do you think this is worth it? Look, Joe Felix is a, is a brilliant player, and I think last season he kind of reminded people of that just a bit more after struggling in, like, what, his first two seasons at uh, at Atleti. But, you know, just to go back to how it didn't work out for Coutinho, it certainly hasn't worked out for him. And maybe this is the problem with, you know, these big clubs spending this much money on players. Maybe it's Maybe it's actually good to have maybe an American sports mindset to these transfers. A lot of these transfers aren't top five in their positions and of course most yes. of the people that are that are top five in their positions are probably like on long-term contracts elsewhere but are they even top 10 are, is this really worth spending over 100 million pounds on a risk like mbappe and a risk like jao felix when for example now all of a sudden you're getting your rafinhas you're getting your gabriel jesus and these other people whereby they could be a better fit for your team but you're spending far less money but you're trying to get something more functional rather than something that just looks like a big shiny thing. So I'm just thinking, you know, like Coutinho, definitely not top five midfielders, even when he was at, you know, the peak of his powers, but yet you're still spending that much money on them. Jao Felix is a different situation because he's a youngster. And so you kind of like feel like you'll be paid back eventually. And it could, it could be, may well be like that, but just not for Atleti, if you ask me. He'll move. But as far as Atleti is concerned, it's a failure, if you ask me. But it could work out for someone else for less money as well. Stop the yeah, cap, Nick. Coutinho was so... one of the best midfielders. He wasn't top five. He definitely wasn't top five. <laughs> he was. He was the best. He was like the KDB of this. This. Uh, he wasn't. Era. He wasn't top five in the world. I'm talking about the world, not the Premier League. But he wasn't top five in the world for you to justify spending that much money on him. Sorry. <laughs> I believe he arguably was. I also. I also think he arguably. Was. I. I don't. I, I think um, when I asked Mark, he is right when he says uh, when he says Barcelona panic panic bought him, but I think they had reason to. They had they had seen what he could do, and he he played off the left a lot as well at Liverpool. Yeah, I agree. I I I think I think Sovani Sovani and Mark are, are right about Coutinho. I actually think he was, if not top five, very close to top five. But yeah. Anyway, um, let's let's quickly move. Let's quickly move on from that. Um, but I think that is the general theme of this top ten. If you look, if you look through it, um, you know, really carefully, I was gonna talk about Antoine Griezmann, as well. Um, in conjunction with, with Coutinho, it, it, I mean, same sort of issues. He's he's a great 
player, I guess. I, I, I don't think he's, he's looked as good as... I don't think he's... Like, since leaving Barcelona, I don't think he's ever looked good again. But he was a good player at the time. I think they, they, they were justified in spending this amount of money on him. But just where does he play? You know, he literally plays in Messi's position. It was literally like a, it was like a FIFA transfer, if you ask me. Like, how are you gonna rotate? How are you gonna rotate Messi and 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 Griezmann, or 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 place Griezmann on the left on on the left or something like that? So it's just just weird things like that in this top ten. And the other things. So if if the transfer was not weird like that, then it's been one of those transfers that you want to get there before you're before your um, opponents or, or or your competition gets there. So if you don't spend 180 million for Mbappe, someone else will. If you don't spend 126 million for Jao Felix, someone else will. And there is a lot of that on this list. Uh, Usman Dembele is, is another similar one. Um, maybe Paul Pogba at the time, you could say the same. Uh, Gareth Bale, Eden Hazard. Okay, maybe not Aiden Hazard, but Chomeni says <laughs> Chomeni definitely. Those are and, all and the certainly same. not Gareth Bale. Yeah, but Gareth Gareth Bale at the time, you 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 could argue that if if Madrid didn't get him, maybe maybe someone else wouldn't. And I I also think that, I also think that Gareth Bale has paid back has paid back his money. Uh, he's had three seasons, but he but he paid back his money. But there's a lot of that in this list. It's kind of uh, are they worth it? Yeah, maybe yes, maybe no. But if we don't get them, then someone else definitely will. Um, maybe, maybe apart from Neymar, who's at the very top of this list, which is maybe a much more different scenario. But yeah, um, that's been a lot of what's happened in the transfer window over the last 20 years. And it seems like this season follows very similar themes. And I'm going to leave that to uh, Nicholas and Mark to discuss. But a lot of the, the transfers that have happened this season are also kind of like that. Maybe apart from, you know, Haaland, which was kind of a steal. Um, but definitely for, for Darwin Nunez, if no one gets him now, someone will get him later. And several other transfers like that um, that have happened this summer that, um, yeah, my two colleagues are going to discuss. So let me leave you in their hands now and um, enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, so for this next segment, we are discussing the marquee signings that we've seen so far in the transfer window this year. And um, I don't know about you guys, but the transfer window this year has been a really, how should I say, there's been a lot of waffling in this one. There's been a lot of, you know, hijacks. There's been a lot of fake news. There's been a lot of pretty much everything. I mean, Mark, you know all about that, don't you? Of course, as a United fan, I know a lot about fake news and hijacks, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, it's, it's been a slow one for some. It's been an exciting one for some. I'm actually just going to start with Arsenal, actually. Um, I don't know whether some of you guys have heard, but Gabriel Jesus is in the is in the team now. And yeah, he's he's Arsenal's marquee signing so far. Maybe there could be a big one still. And uh, I just actually wanted to ask Soaps whether, whether he's actually the sort of signing which Arsenal fans should get excited for. Because there's a lot of questions as to whether he's, is he a number nine? Is he a winger? course that was just a friendly where he just banged in two goals today so what do you think about him <laughs> no i definitely want to look out for to be very excited about i'm i'm excited as an arsenal fan um i definitely think he's a number nine uh more than a winger and i think he'll offer us a lot a lot more than like as it did last season in terms of end product and and finishing and also 
link link up play as well because he does also get a lot of assists. But yeah, so I definitely think he's an upgrade from like I said, and for the price tag of forty five million, I mean, <laughs> in this day and, uh, in this modern market, come on, who who could we have gotten? I think what people forget is there's not many outright uh, excellent uh, goal scoring strikers that you can go out and buy, especially for a low price. I feel like um, strikers are are the most expensive players on the market and are hard to find. So for, I feel like Jesus is a very good bargain. I'm very excited. And we should all be excited. I think he's in my FPL team already. So yeah, looking forward to an amazing season for him. So uh, sorry, you, Nick. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Nick. Before you continue, uh, do you guys remember us discussing this? Uh, it must have been in January or even earlier than that. Um, where we said that in the coming year, it's gonna be a big, um, it's gonna be a big season for the strikers that are just under um, Haaland, Mbappe, um, Benzema, etc. Like for the strikers that are just under that top five tier, it could be like a big chance for them because because you can't get these guys. So it's kind of like okay, like what are the next best signings? And I think Jesus uh, certainly fits fits in there. And the fact and for Arsenal to get um, him, I think is a, is a great signing. It's one of the biggest signings that we've had in a while. Yeah, like that's actually a really good like adding Ooh. point. I was actually <laughs> <laughs> well, Ramzan, 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 Ramzan doesn't deserve to talk about Arsenal. He he doesn't care about the club. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. What I was about to what I was about to ask Subani was was that is this similar to Alexis Sanchez in the past? Not necessarily player for player, but it's almost like Manchester City is undoubtedly like what top three top three clubs in the world, at least. We don't really know in what order. And you know that thing where, okay, he's a second-choice striker at Man City. He's not going to be any good. But then sometimes when you get, like, those, not to say two low-key players, but they're, like, a squad player in such a great team, and then they come to another great team, but then, you know, it almost turns out, you know, pretty well, doesn't it? Certainly. And I think Alexis Sanchez is a very good example. Um, That was another bargain at... 35 million pounds, if I'm not mistaken. He came and he was literally... I I don't know. I didn't think we needed him until he, he arrived. And I, and I couldn't imagine the team without Alexis Sanchez. And he carried it for the duration of his contract. And obviously, I was very pleased with Sanchez as well. So I think Jesus, I hope... Uh, obviously, time will tell, but I think he will also be that type of signing as well for us, seeing as he's already scored two today. No, understandable. So yeah, you know, that's that's a good signing there. I'm moving on to Inter Milan just because I just want to annoy Ramzan. Romelu Lukaku has moved over there, and I told you that he was definitely not going to stay at Chelsea, and now he's gone over to Inter. Is this going to be like I don't know, like I don't even know what to say about this move. But then, do you think this is actually good for him? Do you think he's going to perform, or do you think, you know, do you think this guy's just simply <laughs> trying the best out of a uh, saving his career somewhat after being so bad for Chelsea. I mean, we're joking about the seven touches thing as well just a few days ago. What do you think about that signing? Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I, I Last season, if anyone remembers, last season I had Lukaku being top goal scorer. This season I was going to have Lukaku again being top goal scorer. I believe in him so much. 
I, I hope it's not like a race thing. Ooh, I hope wait, since since, since when did you like him <laughs> this much though? Like, why do you like him that much? It doesn't even seem like your type of player anyway. Yeah, but he's a nine, and he's he's kind of fast, and he's kind of not great on the ball, but he still makes it work. I don't know. I like players that are kind of destructive. It's it's my it's my new thing. I think. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I don't like it. And I think in a in a future episode, we really must discuss whether it is worth going back to your ex um, in football terms. Uh, both him going to Chelsea and then him going back to Inter. I don't I don't know what this is gonna look like for him. He is a good Paul player, Paul so he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna figure it out. Paul Pogba is Paul Pogba is another one. We're gonna have to see whether him going back to Juventus is actually a good thing. I I, I don't know. I think he's a great player, and when he performs for Belgium, he does prove he does prove it. He he actually usually proves it. It's just I don't know. He misses he mixes with the wrong managers, the wrong players, and it all falls apart. And I guess that's what you know differentiates elite players from very good players. <laughs> because elite players. He gets exposed, Ramsey. <laughs> he gets he, exposed he gets for, who he, uh, for who he really is. Now, nah, but. I don't know, but isn't that what makes a good coach? But you know, when a, you know, when a coach when a coach knows your weaknesses and and he says, you know what, we're gonna hide all your weaknesses and we're just gonna play to your strengths. I mean, ima- yeah. imagine. Sorry, sorry. I know, I know, I'm not speaking a lot, but just just think about um, Perlo, for example. He was a defensive midfielder, not a great defensive midfielder. It was not very defensive actually, uh, but coaches quickly saw that and said. We're gonna put players around you that are gonna be your workhorses, and you're just gonna have to do the on on ball stuff. So if you're gonna get tested on a bad test or on on something that's unfair, um, I don't know who to blame. I blame I blame Tucho definitely. So no. No I, way. I, I don't like the trap. I, I, I think you... Tucho could have tried harder. Yeah, maybe. But the thing is, yeah, with Lukaku. It seems that maybe he just can't take that next step in the Premier League. You know what I mean? I think when you're playing for the elite clubs, I think it gets to him. If I'm being honest, I think it gets to him. And I think in Italy, there's not as much pressure. There's not as much media attention. Fans aren't as uh, demanding, I don't think. And so he kind of gets away with it, you know, in Syria. But when it came to playing for United and playing for uh, Chelsea... I just don't think he could cope mentally. I just don't think he's strong enough. I think, yeah, he has the qualities definitely of a top striker. But mentally, I think he falls short. Mark, Mark Lukaku has 121 goals in 278 appearances. I don't know that by heart. I've just Googled that. There's, there's not many yeah, players. But most of those were for lower clubs, isn't it? When he was playing at West Brom and Everton. and things. That's where he was playing really well. And he was, I think when, when he was at Everton... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he scored... He had a season where he scored over 20 goals. And I think that's when he plays his best football, when he's not much un, under much pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Everton yeah, fans smart, smaller, don't expect that much. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I do, exactly. They don't expect I do much. Some, I do agree that there are some players that are not necessarily leaders, um, that, that they are. They prefer to be like... Uh, yeah, as you're saying, like less seen, less noticed, and that's when they play well. I just don't think Lukaku is one of them. I think he does lead Belgium in 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 some ways. Uh, Hazard's obviously not the player the, the player that he used to be. I think that it's it's definitely him and De Bruyne that lead Belgium. 
and he does it. I think that when he plays for Inter, he does lead Inter. I I don't think that that's exactly. I don't think that's exactly it. I think that when when Chelsea signed him for all those hundreds of millions of pounds, they could have made him the center of attention, and they didn't. And I don't get why. I don't get why you spend so much money. How I don't get. I I don't get what the job of scouts is. If if you if you know that you just like wingers, like you want wingers to play up front, then why even go for Lukaku? That's my thing. So no, I hundred percent blame Tuchel. I'm I'm actually look, I'm seriously look, questioning look, his Ramzan, as a manager. Ramzan, Ramzan, chill out on Tuchel. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let, let, no look, look, let me let me just say this, yeah. The season before Lukaku went to Chelsea, he said that he was top five. When he was going into Chelsea and still enter, he says I'm I'm top five strikers inside the you know inside the world. People talk about Lewandowski, Suarez, Benzema, but they never mentioned me. And this and last season proved why he's not that guy, if you ask me, because. As as far as those other you know those other players have struggled, they've never been to that level to say whereby like yeah we will sell you straight you know straight after the season because that's how bad you were, and I'm just thinking to myself that he's he's moving he's moving like an NBA player the way you know his mentality set out like as if like he's some sort of like football version of I don't know Kevin Durant I don't know I barely know anything about NBA but then the the mentality I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about I'm talking about the sensational interview he gave in the middle of the season. Like, you know, you can blame Tuchel all you want, but there's no reason to do that. Like, there's just he's just basically done everything to just warrant that, yeah, like, honestly, you're not that good, mate, to a certain extent. You've been bought for, for 95 million pounds twice. And I'm just thinking that, you know, you can blame Tuchel all you want, but then he has to shoulder so much of the blame as well, for sure. Yeah, um, well... We'll see. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, fine. Let's move on. Let's move on. That was a touchy one. <laughs> yeah, but let's just move on to uh, this this next one, actually. Um, and that's, uh, you know, Paul Pogba, which is next on my list, unfortunately. Mark, any any love lost? Have you watched the Pogbentary? One out of ten on IMDb, the worst documentary in football history, probably IMDb history. I love Paul Pogba. But I'm never going to watch that documentary. I'm never going to watch that documentary. As for the transfer, I think I I kind of blame United for it because I think we've just been indecisive. We could have, in 2020, decided we're going to give this guy a new contract then or we could have sold him. One of the two things. And I think we would have been good with either of those decisions. But we did neither. And we decided to just trigger his contract extension. And now he's left on a free, gone back to Juventus. It just looks really bad for United. As for him, I'm kind of surprised that he's gone back to Juve. I think that kind of shows as well a kind of a weak mentality. Because that's lack of ambition. Why would you go back to Juventus? To do what? You know, I thought he'd maybe try get a move to Real Madrid or PSG. Somewhere where he can win the Champions League. But Juventus at the moment, I don't care to categorize them as a... Champions League contenders. Sorry, you're saying Ramzan? Yeah, don't you think um, Juventus is the only team that will take him at the moment, you know, on his wages? <laughs> it might be. It might be. It might be that nobody wanted him and it's only Juve that wanted him. And if no, that's the case... PSG or Madrid could match those wages. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think... Yeah, but maybe they don't want to. I don't think... But PSG also, he's following his brand, guys. This is, Paul Pogba is all about Pogba. 
Mm-hmm. It's his brand. <laughs> yeah, that and maybe going to a, like an, Adid- an Adidas club, if that helps. I guess maybe PSG wouldn't really have helped him in that regard, but yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, both parties, I think, look bad. United look bad for letting him go for free twice. And Pogba, in my in my eyes, I love Pogba. He's a great player, but he looks bad for kind of going back to Juve. It's like, what are you going to do there, man? Ramzan, have you watched the documentary? Maybe it's just a bit too far for me to call it the worst documentary ever. But then 1 out of 10 is just, it's just not great, unfortunately. Yeah, I've seen I've seen one episode. Um, some have described it as very narrow thinking. Uh, being it's it's a it's a documentary that is all about him, which for me, yeah. I, I mean, I get. Isn't I that get, obvious? I get, I, I, you know, you'd think that that's obvious, but um, I I think maybe he tells the story in a more um, in a more me perspective. Uh, I don't know. It's kind. It's kind of. It's. It's not. It's not I don't want to say it's delusional because I, I have only watched one episode, but it really does think. It. It really does seem like he lives in his own world, and I don't know whether that makes a good documentary or not. Um, I do love Pogba. I think. I. I think it's a shame to not have Pogba in the Premier League. That's the league that we watch the most. Yeah. Again, I also blame the managers at United. You do. You didn't use them well. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is very different to Thomas Tuchel. I can guarantee you that at the very least. But um, I guess you're right about the whole narrow mindset. A lot of people criticized his lack of self-awareness inside the documentary, that he was wondering why Real Madrid were prioritizing Holland and Bappe as priority signings over him. And yes. obviously the fact yeah. that Manchester United offered him what apparently they offered him a £300,000 a week on or something like that. And he said there was enough money. And I can know that, you know, people like Mark and other United fans would probably be outraged, mostly because of the fact that, of course, maybe, you know, you'd expect to get a pay rise, obviously, when you get a new contract. But if he wants £500,000 a week off of the career that he's already had, I don't know, some people might not, you know, some people might say it's not justifiable, uh, to say the least. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that should be enough about Paul Pogba. Uh, I did just have like just one or two people left to actually get through in this list, actually. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's best to talk about Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunes uh, together in this, you know, tirade of Liverpool versus City. But I think um, we're going to probably talk about Haaland a bit more in maybe some other episodes. I want to talk about Darwin Nunes in conjoined with Sadio Mane. Is this a transition for Liverpool, Ramzan? Like, in terms of the fact that, okay, now, now Mane's gone, and now they brought in Nunes, and I guess, what, this is Klopp reshaping the team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you, if you lose Mane, you must, you know, you must do something. Uh, or, or maybe Nunes was, was always in the plan. But how old is he? He must be, like, 22 or something like that. I haven't seen much of him. I've seen him in the Champions League. He's like, he's not, he's definitely not as good as Mane. But maybe he can be. And maybe better. He's good he at Liverpool, I think. Yeah, but, you know, that doesn't really tell. But, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's, he is good. He is good, right? You don't, spend the, you don't spend that much money for someone who isn't good. But he's not better than Mane. Is Mane going but to Mane... Bayern about appreciation? About him 
you know, out of Salah's shadow. You know, you talk, we were talking about Kane, Son, Salamani, you know, secondhand man, basically. We know Salah signed his new contract is, you know, Mane going to Bayern supposed to be like a power move, basically. I think so. I think Mane had done everything that he wanted to do at Liverpool. And yeah, I, I think that there was not much room for like advancement in the eyes of the Liverpool, in the eyes of the Liverpool fans. And I think especially with the Salah thing, especially after AFCON, I think the way some fans reacted to it, you know, it seemed like people weren't really that happy for him. They were more kind of disappointed for Salah. And that might have gotten to him. I'm not saying it is the reason that he left, but that could have been a factor. You know, he's not feeling the love that he wants to be feeling. So, yeah, no, I think it, it is a bit of a power move from Mane's side. Ramzan, you're about to add to that, or is the thought gone? Yeah, already? no, I, no, I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna uh, just agree with what with what Marcus said there. There, there might have just not been anything else for my for money to achieve. Some chapters must close, and that, I, I think that it's he left in a, in a noble way. I don't know that that comment that comment that he made about the Senegalese people all wanting him to leave. I thought was kind of funny before he had actually left the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> that was that was a ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, that was kind of funny. But like, he leaves Liverpool very much a club legend. Very much, he he'll, he'll go down. He'll go down in history with with the likes of Steven Gerrard, and you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I'm happy for him. Proud of him. And and he's a great signing for Bayern as well. He only adds to that team. So yeah. Yeah, no problem. No, it's it's a it's, it's a good move for him, and I think uh, you know we'll we'll see how well he does. I think Bayern's like a very ideal club for him. Whether he's going to be playing up front or the wing, probably the wing. I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, the rest of the marquee signs that we hope to see are under a bit of a, a speculative curtain. So we're going to move on to Mark in the next segment. All right. In this segment, we'll be talking about transfer speculation. Yes, it's that time of the year again when you hear who's going where, who's leaving who, and things and things like that. So I'm going to be asking the guys, I think I'll go through about four transfers. I'm going to be asking them if they think it's going to happen and if they think it's good business. So to start us off, Lewandowski to Barcelona. He's rumored to be unhappy. Not rumored. He's actually said, he's come out and said that he wants to leave Bayern Munich and that it's time for a new challenge. And the only suitor that seems to be fit in his description or his dream is Barcelona. Do you guys think that this is something that will happen? And do you think it's going to be good business from Barcelona's side? I'll start with uh, Ramzan. Um. Yes, the the question should be: Can can Barcelona actually get him? It doesn't seem like Barcelona can really get anyone, eh? <laughs> Ramzan, did you hear? Did you hear that they're uh, they're renting out the new camp to host weddings to make extra money? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 they're renting it out for football games as well. So if you have three hundred pounds in in Europe and just want to play at the new camp, here is your chance. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't know. If, I don't think Barcelona can afford him. Um, 
I don't know if he can afford anyone. I saw something else about Lewandowski potentially going to Chelsea, but Chelsea's also Chelsea's is linked to everybody. Uh, they link to everybody, so I, I don't know how seriously to take that. If they do get him, since we are in the world of speculation, if they do get him again, he only makes the team better. Lewandowski is a guaranteed like forty goals at least. <laughs> if he, if he was getting forty goals in Bundesliga, imagine what he'll do in La Liga. Um, yeah. Who who wouldn't want to get Lewandowski, bruh? But I don't think they can get him. And I I think he, I think he will be disgruntled. I think he'll I think he'll end up in a Kane sort of situation, where the clock just winds down and nothing just seems possible. And Bayern aren't particularly willing to sell him either. That always makes the situation harder. So um, no, I, I don't think he's gonna go. But if he does go, he's a he's a great he's a great signing. All right, Nick, your take on it. Look, Lewandowski, you know, brilliant player. We've already, you know, said everything that there needs to be said about him. Um, I think based on what I've seen from Barcelona during their broke phase, they seem to be able to get a few things done. So I can imagine that out of Lewandowski... (laughs) No, 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 but then (laughs) that's the whole point. Like, they should be able to make this signing happen somehow, especially... If this whole, you know, another signing, we're probably going to talk about the young later actually goes through. But I think they should be able to at least get Lewandowski, but then maybe it might be at the sacrifice of something or someone else, somewhere else. Because, well, they got their Spotify deal. They sold 10% of their, you know, of their TV rights. They're pretty much doing everything to make it work out. But, you know, it's just it's just so crazy to talk about them at the moment. I think people were slandering them on Twitter the other day that they couldn't even release an HD picture of Christensen. That's how broke <laughs> they are. That's literally how broke they are right now. And it's just it just goes to show. But I feel like they could get Lewandowski done. But it'll come with a lot of sacrifice. And I think if that happens, then the inevitable will happen. Barcelona's attack will be very fierce next season, especially to get the other targets as well. So I think it could work out. Yeah, no, that's definitely one to watch. I think it will drag out. I think it will be a, a kind of a long-drawn transfer. Let's see if it does happen. Interestingly, though, um, the uh, president of Bayern, he said that they want all the money for Lewandowski up front because they don't believe Barcelona are going to be a club in the next two years. So they, won't, they don't want to uh, take installments. So, I think yeah, we'll, got a point. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Barcelona are in trouble, but yeah, let's we'll see how that goes. Next up on the list, though, is uh, Lissandro Martinez, the Ajax CDM slash centre back slash left back. He's been linked with uh, United and with Arsenal, but I want to focus on him kind of going to Arsenal first off. So, Barney, do you think that it will happen? And if it does happen, do you think it's good business? Um, firstly. I think Ajax's evaluation is a bit um, is on the higher side, to say the least. They're looking for 50 million euros for him. I think uh, Arsenal's perspective is they don't want to spend that much for an understudy because I think him coming in would be uh, a backup for Kieran Tierney, who appears to only play, who can only play 50% of the games in a season, who can only give us 20 games. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. if it's worth if it's worth spending 50 million. For, for someone who won't exactly play every game. I mean, Ben White was justifiable because he played every single game that he was available for selection. 
I think Martinez would rather uh, reunite with his old bo- old boss in, in Eric Ten Hag. I think a phone call from him will probably uh, lead to him going to United. And I think he'll have a better chance of playing more games there, seeing as you guys have a centre-back crisis in which <laughs> your, your, your big money uh, signings don't seem to, to be worth their money. So, yeah. It's, the question was about Arsenal, so if you didn't have to come, to, you didn't have to come at United. Well, all right, <laughs> Ram, Ramzan, what do you think of Martinez to Arsenal? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna go to Arsenal. I think he's gonna go to United. Uh, he played for Eric Ten Hag. He's been used in different positions for Ten Hag. If I was him, I would also go to United because you know my coach is gonna know exactly what to get from me, and will put me in the best possible positions the best possible position to get the best out of me. Um, so I, I would go I would go to United if I was him. So I don't think he's going to go to Arsenal. I also don't think Arsenal exactly needs him. That probably explains why they're pushing, but maybe not pushing as hard as they possibly can. Uh, United actually do need him. They, they, they are lacking in those three positions and he can play all three of them. <laughs> and I think that's going to be great for United if they get that signing through. So, yeah. All right. Um, next on the list is the Tillemans to Arsenal. In the central midfield, do you? We were talking about this the other day, actually. Do you need reinforcements? Do you think that Arsenal are lacking there? Do you think Tillemans is the right type of midfielder to come in and uh, play in that in that midfield three? Nicholas, do you think it's going to happen? And do you think it will be good business from your side? No, the thing about Yuri Tillemans is, is that I can't really see why it wouldn't be, you know, why it wouldn't be good business. He's 25 years old, you know, he's valued at at 30 million pounds apparently. Like there's just, you know, nothing that really kind of like construes me against it. We're just talking about, you know, the Sandra Martinez, for example, right? He was he was 25 million pounds two weeks ago. Now he's 50. That just doubled <laughs> over the next two weeks. I don't know why Arsenal aren't even thinking about getting a no-brainer at 30 million pounds, Premier League proven, 25 years of age. But then somehow you're you're getting yourself linked with Milinkovic Savage for 65 mil for for absolutely no reason. That has to be good business. And the thing about Yuri Tillemans is, is that you still feel like he has another gear to go to. He obviously plays with Belgium consistently. That has to be like, you know, like a priority signing. I can't really see what else. So, no, it has, it has to be good business for sure. Soaps may disagree because Soaps thinks that Granit Xhaka will still be starting ahead of Yuri Tillemans next year. No way. Gra- yeah, he said that. <laughs> I, I agree. Do you know why? You see, you see with with Arsenal, you're seeing uh, Pep's blueprint being used uh, in the Arsenal squad, and I think Tillemans would be our KDP. We have Odegaard, our Bernardo Silva. We have Partey, our Rodri. Now we need our KDP. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need our we need our KDP in midfield. So, so, so what's Tillemans, Jaka? So what's Jaka? Ah, you see, that's what I'm saying. We do need him. So I'm saying he should Jaka come. Jaka is <laughs> <laughs> The midfielder turned left back. <laughs> you know, that's actually like on the money. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. No, okay. So it seems like you guys would like Tillemans to come. Let's see if it happens. If I'm being honest personally, uh, I think you guys, I think you guys will get him. Next up is probably one of the longest transfer sagas of this transfer window. And obviously it involves United. It's De Jong to Manchester United. 
Now, uh, <laughs> Ramsey, you are you resident. You should let you yeah. should let you should let Supani start actually, because Supani predicted Sancho. Just saying. No, 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 no. Supani's bad vibes. I'm not gonna ask Supani first. Abzan, do you think that De Jong? Do you think it's gonna happen? And do you think? I think it would be good business. So let's not even ask that. But yeah, do you think it's gonna happen? Yes, as the resident United supporter in this uh, in this podcast, I would love it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I would, yes. I would, you I would you love, love it and and you think you deserve it as well, don't you? But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yes. I, I, I would love us. To, ish, uh, look, look what I'm saying, us. No, I would love United to get. <laughs> I'd love United to get um, De Jong. C- CDM so hard to find. I don't I don't get why the I don't get the push for De Jong to be honest. I think there are a couple of uh, defensive midfielders that could have played in that United squad um, next season and could have been just as good, if not better, if not a better fit um, than De Jong. Ibrahim Saka, I'm a huge admirer. I'm a long-time admirer. Um, Yves Basuma, who's recently now gone to um, to Tottenham, who I think is a huge signing for them. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether... I hope he starts. But if he starts, if he starts, it doesn't really matter who his midfield partner is. Probably Benton Core um, is going to be a huge signing for them, and and they they could also have a really good season. Um, um, Wolfred Ndidi might have been expensive as well, but Premier League proven. I don't see how Ndidi wouldn't have worked out. But but like it, it does seem like Ten Hag is trying to do the he's trying to do the Ajax thing. Just like how Ronald Koeman tried to do the Dutch thing at Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to get the band back together. Ne- no, yeah, not I just that ne- nepotism, as well as just getting Ajax <laughs> players, just just everything. <laughs> yeah, so so there is a, there is a bit of that. Um, I guess that's why they're pushing for him. He's a he's a great player though. Any any team should push for him if they can get him. And, and and I know Barcelona keeps saying they don't want to sell, but they definitely do want to sell. They need the money. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah anyway, we'll, we'll we'll see. But if they if we do get him, yes, hundred percent, it will probably be the the best signing of the summer. Yeah. We. No, I. Yes, we. Yeah. Now I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping we sign him. And to the United fans listening, stay strong, keep praying, keep hoping. We'll get our man. Don't worry. Now, finally, to end the list, it's uh, Ronaldo to Chelsea. He's reportedly unhappy at uh, Manchester United because we're not in the Champions League next season and we don't seem to be strengthening our squad. And so he wants to leave. And one of the clubs that seems interested in signing him is Chelsea. Now, this is a kind of a bit controversial. I don't really want it to happen. I don't think it will happen. But what do you guys think? Nicholas, let's start with you. Bro, you already know, 100 million percent, he is leaving Man United. The sooner you accept it, the better it's going to be for you. I'm sorry, but then have you not seen the pattern that is Cristiano Ronaldo when his back is against the wall? He will leave the club. He left a transitioning Real Madrid team. He left a Juventus team that just fought its way back into the top four. And then now Man United, he doesn't even know what the Europa League music sounds like. 
Come on. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's be real. Like, it's just going to be too cringe seeing CR7 at like 37, 38 years old. You know, listen to the to the to Europa League music. How does it go again? It goes oh, oh something like that my, my singing is not very great, but then I uh, you know you're an Arsenal <laughs> fan. You know, don't pretend like you don't know. <laughs> no, 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 I know, I know, I know, I, I, I know what the music sounds like. I was just talking about singing. It wasn't it? I know it's a very touchy one for you, Mark. But then you just have to accept it because honestly, like even you. <laughs> In your heart, in your heart, you knew that the minute you finished outside of the top four, in your heart, you felt, you probably even felt that Ronaldo's probably going to leave now. And it just makes too much sense. Why would he waste a whole year of his, you know, soon-to-be-gone career? Because he's going to retire eventually. Maybe not, I don't know, we don't know when he will, but he will do it eventually because this is like the twilight years. He has to go eventually. So, like, he, he can't just waste a year there, like, in the Europa League. So, Chelsea is a very viable option for him. It's not like he's going to Arsenal. That would literally crumble, you know, fans' hearts. It's not like he's going to Liverpool. That's also a horrible move. City's also a horrible move. Chelsea's kind of a club whereby, like, you can slightly get away with going there because the history of the rivalry isn't as vigorous as the other three clubs I've just mentioned. So, surely, he he's going it might not be Chelsea as well. It could be somewhere else. Who knows? But I think he's definitely going. And I think he needs to, you know, get another chance to win the Champions League immediately. And, you know, I don't really care how big United's ambition is. He's leaving. You see, I uh, my thing with Ronaldo is I, I'm okay with him leaving, but I just wouldn't want him to go to uh, another Premier League club. That's all, really. Sopani, what do you think of uh, Ronaldo fiasco? Did you say you're okay with him leaving? Um, not okay with it, but I've come to terms with it. Do you know? In all honesty, I, I have come to terms with it because I think, yeah, it was inevitable. Like Nick, Nick, although it hurt him saying it, it's the truth. I did kind of have a feeling that once we failed to qualify for champs, that you know, I don't, I didn't know whether Ronaldo was gonna stick or twist, and it's obvious that he's twisting. But yeah, what oh, do you, what do you think obvious. of the Ronaldo situation? It was quite obvious because I think in his first interview he mentioned that he wasn't coming to finish to fight for fit for for sixth or seventh. He wants to win titles, and obviously United are not in a position in which they're going to be fighting for any title at all. So obviously he he's a guy who's ambitious. He's a guy who, who his his lifestyle his life is a he's, he's a very ambitious guy. So obviously he wants to fight and win big things. So I think his pride won't allow him to play in Europa as well. So I think he he will have to leave, and I don't know. There's not many suitors out there, and which is why I think Chelsea will end up getting him, which will also just be a power move because I think Chelsea getting Ronaldo will really will really boost their their the the stature of their club as well, and I think that will be a statement from the new owners as well, if they can bring Ronaldo to to to, to Chelsea as 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 their you know. One of their first moves. So, nah, interesting to see what will happen. I think he will leave. I don't know if it's going to be Chelsea. But, yeah. Okay, fine. now let's say he goes to Chelsea. Ramzan, do you think that Tuchel will want him anyway? Even if he goes, do you think that Tuchel will want him in his team? Or do you think that he'll bring unnecessary baggage and unnecessary problems to that Chelsea locker room? That manager will mismanage Ronaldo, definitely. He could not handle. He could not handle. What Lukaku. a hater! He he could he could not handle Lukaku. Lukaku, who is who is strong, 
great in the air, willing to press hard. Ronaldo is none. Okay, fine. No, not okay. Ronaldo is all of these things, right? But he put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> That's what Chelsea need right now, don't they? No, no I, he's right, he's Ronaldo. Right? Every time I see something bad about Ronaldo, he shows me that he's the goat. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So. I don't see how it could go wrong, but like I said, I'm I'm doubting Tuchel a lot these days. I don't believe that he's the manager that people think he is. So um, yeah, let us see. Mark, all right, Mark, just 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 cheer up. At least Jaden Sancho can have dessert now if Ronaldo leaves. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think United's problem now is 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 the the timing that Ronaldo has decided to do all these things. Like United yeah. now probably don't have a good chance to get a top striker, at least not yeah. you know they'll, they'll either have to spend way too much because everyone knows they're desperate, or they have to then like settle with, uh, with someone who is like like lower and just hope and and hope that that striker um produces some sort of result. Uh, it's not a good situation that Ronaldo's left them in because they didn't plan for it. They didn't plan Ram, for Ramzan. Ramzan, if he leaves, who in like who's gonna score? Who are they gonna get? It'll be such a. Oh, so we, were, we were scoring goals before Ronaldo came. I, th- I think we'll be fine. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. That was, for, that, was for two, that was for two I games. Like that, that was for two games. <laughs> that was for two games, and then you guys had won a game without him since he came. That's no, cool. yeah, when he, yeah, no, no. When he leaves, we'll go back. We'll go back to how we were. We'll be free scoring. Don't worry. Don't worry then, about it. Then Those we are... sign Oli. <laughs> we sign Oli Gunnar Solskjaer then. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, I. I'm hoping, there's a small part of me, obviously, as a United fan, that hoping he stays. Let's see what happens. But, yeah, that is the end of this segment and the end of the podcast. Hold on, Mark. Quickly, before we close, I think one player we haven't spoken about is Sterling. Sterling to Chelsea. That's potentially happening as well. What impact do you guys think? Oh, yeah, that is happening. And I think it's a great signing. I know a lot of people don't like Sterling. A lot of people don't rate Sterling. But I rate him very, very highly. He has his issues. Yeah, sometimes he's a bit wasteful. But I think he fits into that Chelsea team almost like a glove. And I think it will be great for them. And I think he has bragging rights as well because he's one of the only players to play for three, half of the big six. So that's a little flex as well. <laughs> Scenes when he gets benched by Mason Mount. Uh, <laughs> Ramzan will absolutely hate it, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll throw a fit. I'll throw a fit, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, yeah, no. I think now, that that, that marks the end uh, of the segment and of the podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully now, we, we will be a bit more consistent. We, we did take a long break, but now... We're on holiday, we're on uh, break, summer break and stuff like that. So we should be getting a few more episodes out and you'll be hearing from us very shortly. Uh, Yeah.